0: Well, hello, everyone. Today is Saturday, January 30th, 2021. I hope uh, everybody's 2021 is off to a good start. Thank you for joining us today. My name is Byron Howell, and this is the Byron Howell Ministries podcast. Again, I appreciate your time, and I really think today's message is going to bless you. Of course, I think they're all going to bless you, but, but this one, you know, especially, you know, there have been so many things that we've talked about that can really just impact your life in every area of your life. You know, a few tweaks here and there, especially you get the spiritual thing right. I actually I actually visited this church the other day. God laid on my heart to go just kind of see this church, big kind of growing church in our area. So me and my friend Gil went over there and and the guy said something that they just it was so awesome. It was so in line with what we're talking about uh, here at the on the podcast. But what he said was that if you win spiritually, if you win in the spiritual areas of your life, you will win in every area of your life. And I couldn't agree more. Obviously, different people may disagree on how you win spiritually. That's, that's a kind of a different topic. But, but let me tell you, just, just so you hear it, you know, the way you win spiritually, is you uh, develop your personal relationship with jesus christ you get saved you get born again you accept him as your lord and savior in an instant your your spirit gets totally born again your spirit gets changed renewed made perfect in the eyes of god and you know and instantly your, your uh, spirit, you're spiritually succeeding. But then it, your life really starts again at that point. And then it's a process of, of renovating your mind according to the Bible and really developing your life spiritually, becoming spiritually minded. You know, all of the things that we've, we've talked about learning to to live according to the directions and guidance of the Holy Spirit. And then you'll start to really win spiritually. But if you win spiritually, you're going to win in every area of your life. And if you get your life right with god you know really you you can begin succeeding in every area of your life and and that is exactly what the bible says maybe not everyone believes that maybe not everyone preaches that but that is absolutely what the bible says and and that's one of the things that's just so wonderful so exciting and god loves us more than, than we could possibly imagine god has wonderful plans for each of our lives and if we will, you know, pay attention to Him, get our lives in line with with Him, you're going to see that great plan show up. So today we're talking about the secret of life, and and yes, yes, I absolutely claim to know what the secret of life is. I uh, am going to talk about it today. We're gonna, not going to not going to you know hide anything. We're going to start right out with it. You know, the secret of life is is found from Jesus in Matthew chapter six verse thirty three, and I quote. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he God will give you everything you need. Now, now there's a lot to that statement and don't, don't stop listening. I mean, maybe you've heard that before. Oh, that's the secret of life. Sure. You know, especially if you're in the church world, maybe you've, you've heard it before, but it is in fact the truth. It's a wonderful, amazing, incomparably important truth. And if you will apply it to your lives, you will have everything you could ever want. And I don't mean just material things. You know, in that context, Jesus was talking about, you know, what you uh, eat, what you wear, where you live. But Jesus wasn't saying that, that if you focus on the kingdom of God and his righteousness, you would just get those things. Like it was limited to those things. That, that wasn't what he was saying. He was saying, you know, you seek the kingdom of God and, and God's righteousness, everything. Everything you could ever want, everything you could ever need, that comes with it. That's the secret. That's the way to get all of these other things. You don't focus on them. You focus on God and the kingdom of God. And look, and I get it. That's not exactly the way our minds work. That's not the way the human mind, apart from a spiritual life, is programmed to work. But that is the way it was originally designed to work. And, and when we accept Christ, When we develop our relationship with God, we're getting away from the influence of sin in our lives, the sin in the world, and we're going back to God's original intentions for humanity and going back into the way that we were originally meant to work. We were not created to just constantly focus on, you know, where do we live? What do we wear? What do we eat? Are the daily needs of our daily life? If you're consumed with focusing on that, if if those basic needs consume you, then you can never expand. You can never grow into creativity or production or helping other people because you're consumed with your daily life. So that really wasn't what God intended for humans at all. And the, the secret, though, is the secret is to focus on God, focus on his kingdom, focus on the way he wants you to live, and then God supernaturally provides everything. And again, it's not just about material things. I'm, I mean, this includes peace, fulfillment, purpose, relationships, hopes, passion, everything that really matters in life, everything that that really is wonderful in life, all of them in their greatest expression are only available to you in the kingdom of God. Now, 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 maybe some people don't believe that. I get it. We're going to talk about that a little bit today. But your best possible life is only available with your creator, only available with God, only available in you know the unique plan of God that he made for you. But the good thing is, is all of these wonderful things are freely available. You know, the vast majority of the church world does not present God or life with God accurately. It's just a sad truth. For most of us, even for those of us who are in great churches, our whole mental framework regarding God and living for God was so badly messed up by the religious teaching of our childhood that we still approach Christianity that way, rather than the way it was meant to be. You see, the truth is that Christianity, including God and your union with God through Jesus Christ, is the most wonderful, the most exciting, the most fascinating, the most liberating. I mean, it's the greatest, the absolute greatest, most, most awesome thing that exists. And if you will see your loving God, your loving creator correctly, you will want to pursue his kingdom, his righteous and him more than anything. It becomes easy. It's easier and easier. If you do that, everything you could ever want is available to you. And, and that's really what we're going to talk about today. And that's, that's the secret of life is you put God first. You seek God and his kingdom first and he's going to bring everything you could ever want into your life. Everything you could ever want is made available to you. Again, the secret of life. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. But again, we can't just leave it there, right? I want to help you understand. I want to help you take that truth and begin applying it to your life. You know, this is not a one-time decision. It's not something you can just say, oh, okay, that's that's my life. That's my decision. No, it, it is an invitation to a lifelong quest. It's It's to be the guiding light of our existence, literally our foundation, our cornerstone, our North Star, if you will, but, but, but. If you will do that, if you will put this, this truth, this secret of life in its proper place as as your highest priority, then again, everything you could ever need, everything you could ever want is available and will be provided. And you see, how could I encourage you to devote your life to God and his kingdom? I mean, how could I show you that all you could ever want could be found with him. I must first help you see the reality of God. The church world, for the most part, has painted the wrong picture of God. Again, sad but true. If you saw him as he really is, if you could see the reality of his love for you, you would run to him. You would willingly and and passionately give your whole life to him. And you know what? He would welcome you. He would embrace you. You would begin this awesome, never-ending journey together. God is wonderful beyond words, beyond comparison, beyond understanding. He's worthy of our life's devotion. And the more you get to know him, the easier it is. The easier it is to follow him and live for him. Because he really is. He really is beyond any adjective that we could possibly imagine. He's better than that. It is true that parts of the Bible... Uh, can be construed as depicting God as harsh or demanding, strict, vengeful, waiting to punish even the slightest disobedience. I realize, you know, many of us as children, that's kind of the way we saw God or we were, you know, don't don't you know, treat your parents bad. Don't disobey. Don't mess up in school or God might strike you down. Something like that. But you see. Even the people who talk about a loving God, a a compassionate God, a God full of grace, they don't deal with that issue correctly, at least not in my opinion. But you must understand, as shocking as this may be, that God has no desire to punish anyone for any of the sins they've committed. God, furthermore, has no desire for us to experience any hardships in our life. A lot of people aren't going to agree with that, but but it's the truth. God doesn't even desire for us to reap the natural consequences of our bad decisions. Now, they're going to happen. Remember, we don't believe at all that God's a great puppet master. That's not biblical. I mean, it's an unfortunate thing that most, you know, many people believe, but it's not true. And, you know, bad decisions can have Bad consequences. But that doesn't mean that's what God wants. It doesn't mean this is a desire for our life. God doesn't want any of that for us. God doesn't want anything bad of any kind for us. God's your loving creator, your loving parent. But see, those things I just said, whether you're church or not, you probably find them difficult to believe. And, and the reason for that is because most of the world, and I remember talking to a, a pastor. I mean, I'm talking about a guy who's been in the ministry for a long time. You know, Most of the world does not understand these things, and most of the world does not really understand what happened at the cross, what happened when Jesus was on the cross, and all that is now available to us in Christ. You see, God put every sin that would ever be committed on Jesus, every consequence of every sin that would ever endure be endured, God put it all on Jesus, and then... When when Jesus, you know, it really started, you know, in the Garden of Gethsemane, right? When when the when the rulers came and, or excuse me, you know, the religious leaders and the soldiers, they came and they took him, And, and that's kind of when it started. They started beating him and torturing him, and 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 ridiculing him and mocking him, and then you know, so there was this long progression of torture. And then they they put him on the cross and killed him. You see, God poured all of his wrath for all of sin out on Jesus. All of God's wrath, all of his anger for every sin that would ever be committed, past, present, and future. God's entire wrath against that sin was poured out on Jesus. We see in the Bible... That Jesus was tortured. He was hurt. He was killed. An agonizing death, you know, cross, the death on the cross. That's literally where we get the word excruciating from. Cause how, how terrible a death that that was meant to be. And then he went to hell. He went to hell completely separated from the presence of God and then, and, and tortured. I mean, we, we cannot even imagine what he went through there. And how horrible that would be. But but they did it all for us. Jesus did it all for us. This was all part of the plan of salvation. And they did this so that we would not have to be punished for our sins. They did this so that we could even avoid the consequences of sin. Now that's That's a complicated statement right there, but we'll come back. They did this so for also so that we could have a perfect relationship with our perfect God and live in an eternity with him in paradise. See, this is when, when you become a Christian, that which Jesus did on the cross becomes applicable to you. He took your sin. He took your punishment. He took the wrath of God for you. He took all of these negative consequences of our failures, of our bad choices, of our sins. He took them for you and now you don't have to bear them. You can live apart from them. Radical, but, but, but amazing and wonderful. When you accept Jesus Christ, there is no more vengeance left for your sins. There is no more anger. God has no more anger against you. There's no more punishment. There is only love. This is the relationship God wants to have with you. Only love. A beautiful, perfect, wonderful love. When you, by accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior, come into this perfect relationship with God, you can begin knowing and experiencing him correctly. And you see, I'm just I know we're going to get back to the secret of life and how to walk in that and live in that. But your understanding of what God has for you, the love he has for you, the wonderful plan he has for you. It's very important to to have that kind of foundation, that background as you move forward into seeking his kingdom. Because remember, everything you could ever want, everything you could ever need, it's available. That's what God has for you. We do see God punish sinful people in the Bible. We do see God presenting laws and requirements, and we could spend hours discussing that, but it's not necessary today. Jesus obeyed all the rules perfectly. He was perfect in every way. And when we accept Jesus, God sees us as partaking in Jesus's perfection. Literally, Jesus takes our sin and gives us his righteousness, gives us his perfection he was the substitutionary sacrifice for us there's nothing left to earn nothing left to prove and all of god's amazing blessings are freely available to us chief among them being a perfect relationship with god himself and they become solely available available solely because of god's amazing unfathomable mercy and grace towards us you see Understanding these realities is paramount as you begin to seek the kingdom of God. You don't come into the kingdom as, you know, some sort of slave broke, busted, and disgusted, hoping to get a little crumb from whatever God might might do. You know, whatever, you know, you, you know, God knows you're terrible and he's just going to you know break a little something off for you, help you get by. That's that's not true as all at all. When you become a Christian, you are instantly made one of God's perfect children. And one of Jesus' brothers and sisters, literally made into the very righteousness of God. That's why in Hebrews it says, come boldly before the throne of grace. You are now, because of what Jesus sacrifice and that the righteousness you receive are now entitled to come boldly into the very throne room of God as one of his beloved children I mean what an amazing and wonderful reality and you're furthermore you're called into an assignment into into fighting and working alongside your loving father To expand the kingdom of God. The fact is that God has an amazing plan for your life, perfectly designed by him for you, fitted perfectly to the person he created. And you can begin that wherever you are, no matter what you've done, you can begin it right this second. You see, God knows you and he loves you so much. That the plan for you is constantly changing, constantly evolving. You know, it's, I mean, it's so amazing. It's so wonderful. You'd say, Byron, you know, I made all these mistakes. You know, you know, I mean, not to go far down this road, but I have a friend and I care about this guy. I have a friend who's been in jail a long time. I mean, a long, we were friends in high school. We got mixed up in bad situations. He's been in jail a long time. We We can email and stuff and we're still friends. But, you know, yeah. Yeah, he missed out on a lot of God's plan. I think there's, there's no other way to say it. But you know, God even has a wonderful plan for his life right now. Even though he's in jail, there's things that he can do to expand the kingdom. Actually, he's, uh, he's in seminary, in jail. And, you know, and he'll, he'll be out. You know, I think about maybe he's got a few years left. I don't remember right now, but I mean, he will get out. And, and you know, and he's got a plan. God's got an amazing plan for him right now where he can truly impact the kingdom and develop himself right now. And when he gets out, man, I believe when he gets out, he is going to be an awesome, awesome force for the kingdom of God. But my point is that, you know, even if we've made bad decisions, even if we've made mistakes, God's plan is constantly right there, constantly available. No matter where you find yourself in this existence, you can immediately get on God's plan for your life right now. And let me just show you a couple of Bible verses to talk about God's love for us. This is Jesus in Luke 12, verse 7. He says, Indeed, the very hairs of your head are all numbered. You I mean we we can't even understand how much god loves us. listen to this. this is psalm 139:14 through 18. thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. your workmanship is marvelous. how well i know it. this is the writer talking to god. you watched me, god, as i was being formed in utter seclusion as i was woven together In the dark of the womb, you saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. How precious are your thoughts about me, O God. They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. And when I wake up, you are still with me. That is the way God feels about us. He's thinking about us constantly. He's focused on us constantly. Even while we were in our mother's womb, he He formed us, he created us, he planned wonderful things for us. This is Ephesians 3, 18 through 19. This is the Apostle Paul writing to the the church in Ephesus, but obviously it, it extends to us today. And he says, And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Look at the unimaginable love that God has for us. Even the very hairs of your head are numbered. God planned your whole life. Many of us haven't followed it very well, but but you know, that's okay. God still loves us and still wants us to get back on track. And, in and you know, it says in that Ephesians verse, God loves us so much that even though it'd be great if we could understand it, it goes beyond understanding. His true love for us goes beyond a human understanding. When you see God as he really is, verses like this, getting to know him personally, the more you perceive his true love for you, not the relationship that you may have been taught in Sunday school or that you... Just kind of thought up because you, you feel unworthy or you feel like you've made too many mistakes in life. No, the true nature of God, the true relationship that we, his people, have with our Father God that's revealed to us through the Bible, the more you perceive it correctly, the easier it is to follow him, listen to him, and then seek the kingdom. So let's go on as if you are convinced, as if you're fully persuaded that God is awesome and loves you more than you can fathom and is totally worth, you know, your life devotion, worth you saying, OK, I'm going to embrace this. The see- Seeking the kingdom of God and his righteousness is my highest priority. All right. What are we going to do? How do we start that? Let's not make this too complicated. It doesn't have to be. Another we could, way we could say kingdom is realm or area of dominion. All right. Yes, God owns the earth, and God is the supreme power of all existence, but that's not what we're talking about today when we say the kingdom of God. It is also, it's not a physical kingdom. We can't, you know, take a trip there, go visit there. It's not that kind of kingdom, but it is a realm, and it's a dominion. In the reality, we know God has a realm of power, a unseen kingdom known as the kingdom of God. And in many ways, it is separate from the rest of existence. It is separate from the devil and the dominion of darkness. And we need to understand that, that in this thing that we know as reality, there is an unseen realm where God is king. God is the ruler, and it's called the kingdom of God. And it includes, obviously, God himself as the king, the, all of the angels, Right? And all of God's people, you and me, you know, God is the king. The angels are like the servants in the army. And then we are, we are the, the prince and princesses. You know, the Bible says that God's the king of kings. Or Jesus is the king of kings. We're the other kings. And you see, while God is the king, we are his perfect children. We are the heirs of the kingdom. And so we are brought into the kingdom. So, so if you can kind of picture it, right, there is an unseen reality that is, that is layered within what we know as reality. And it's this spiritual connection that we have with all of the other Christians, with all of the angels and with God himself. And we make up the kingdom of God. And in this kingdom, in this realm, God is the ruler. But the devil, unfortunately, he has a dominion too. It's called the dominion of darkness. And, and he has, the devil has significant, uh, authority and dominion also in our reality. You see, the devil has de- demons, they're fallen angels, and the devil has people too. And unfortunately, the devil is actually the ruler of this period of time. Now, maybe again, that's kind of hard to accept. But that's Second Corinthians 4.4. 4. I'm not saying he's the ruler over everything. No, that's not true. But he rules this period of time. The Bible says he is the God of this era or this eon. It is the reality, and the devil will continue to rule this era, this eon, until it comes to an end when Jesus returns, all right? We don't need to go too far down this road, but my point is we need to understand that there's a kingdom of God, a realm of God's rule, and then there's also a dominion of darkness. Every person who is not in the kingdom of God is in the dominion of darkness. When every child that is born is unfortunately born into, by original sin, and all of that, into the dominion of darkness. And if you want to look at some verses here, please see Colossians 1, 13, Matthew 4, 8 through 9, Ephesians 2, 1 through 2. Look, let's just be honest. Most people don't understand this fascinating reality, but extremely important to understand what the kingdom of God is when Jesus says that our highest priorities need to be seeking the kingdom of God and his righteousness. The devil, not to talk about him too much, but he's not all-seeing, he's not all-knowing, not all-powerful like God is. He's just another angel, and he has real limitations. But the dominion of darkness is huge. It encompasses many people, many things, many systems, including really the governing systems in the world today. When Jesus returns, he's going to destroy All of that Uh, revelation, actually extremely clear, extremely fascinating. The end of this era, Jesus comes in, destroys the entire dominion of darkness. Wonderful. Praise God. But for now, we are here. We are the children of God. And our job is to seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness. The primary objectives of the kingdom of God are to glorify God and to expand The kingdom of God expands every time another person accepts Jesus Christ as his or her Lord and Savior. But the kingdom of God is not just about getting saved or getting other people saved. The kingdom of God wants to expand God's dominion into every area of existence and into every area of your life. So when you become saved you become a child of god and you are immediately brought into the kingdom that's a that's a, that colossians 1 verse that we are delivered from the power of darkness and translated into the kingdom of god colossians 1:13 so then right you might be a part of the kingdom but but now we want to we want to see the kingdom expand both into the lives of others and in our lives. Just for example, while you may be a, a child of the kingdom of God, your marriage may not really be subject to the kingdom. You may not be operating your marriage according to kingdom of God principles. You may not have subjected your body or your business to God's dominion, God's authority as examples, right? Your your television, your television set submitted to the kingdom of God. Some people, yes, many people no. What about your wallet, Right. Where is God the king in your life? What areas of your life have you brought into God's kingdom? Is God truly the ruler of your marriage, your entertainment, your business, every area? You see, God wants us to obey his directions in every area of our lives. Remember, we're talking about seeking the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Why? Because when we do that, everything we ever want or everything we could ever need comes to us From God. Look, look, I get it, I get it. We're talking about the true secret of life here. It's not really designed to comport with your mental framework that was to a significant degree, developed by the systems of this world. This this makes a lot more sense when you've truly had your mind renovated by the Word of God. But for those of you who maybe haven't had that happen in your life, just trust me, just keep listening, because I am telling you the absolute secret of life. And if you will pursue God and pursue kingdom, if you will make that the priority, rather than the umpteen different things that are crying out for your attention crying out to be your priority. If you'll make God your priority, then God supernaturally takes care of everything, brings everything into your life. It's an amazing reality. It's, it's not the way uh, our minds are designed to work. It's it's the backward logic of God that's so wonderful. It's, it's very similar to, you know, if you want to, to reap, if you want to gain more money, you have to give money away. You sow bountifully, then you reap bountifully. It's not just Uh, saving and hoarding and doing your best to keep and save. No, it's giving and being a blessing and sowing and reaping. That's just another example. Uh, But it's this kind of logic. If I'll make God my priority, God will take care of all of my other priorities. And you see, the moment I start talking to you now, about the rules, about God's directions for your life, the way God might want you to live, you know, just, just take your, your entertainment, for example, the fact that God may not want you to watch certain things or let your kids watch certain things. You, you start to feel negative emotions. Here, here we go. Here comes the law. Here comes the legalism. You know, you have those negative emotions. And if you're feeling that, It goes back to our improper training in the ways of God. And when you are a child, most of us, you're basically taught that God doesn't like certain things. And if you do them, God will punish you or you will experience some negatives in your life. And, you know, again, there there is some truth to that. If I eat fast food, I'm not going to be very healthy. I mean, a lot of it, at least. If I gamble, I'm going to have problems and so on. But this general philosophy where we avoid certain things because we fear, we fear God or we fear, uh, you know, punishment or consequences. I'm not talking about a reverential fear of God, which of course we should have, but where we fear punishment, where we fear consequences. That's the wrong paradigm in which to approach God's laws or God's directions. Rather, God's directions are meant for us to live our best possible lives. Let me put it another way. An existence where every aspect of your life was brought into the kingdom of God and lived according to God's principles would be the best possible existence. Now, let's talk about something briefly as an example that a lot of people don't agree with. It's just the truth. It's just the way it is. And we're going to talk about marriage. Kind of a big hot topic, right? God wants you to to have a certain type of marital relationship, because assuming you're an adult, because God designed your life to be lived in a lifelong partnership with one member of the opposite sex. That is God's design. That is the biblical design. I'm not saying I understand all of the reasons for that, but God knows, for me, I'm a male adult, that the best life I can have includes me being joined with one woman for my entire life. We are to have children together, we are to go through all of life together, grow old together, and so on. This is a major key to the best possible existence in the plan of God for my life and the plan of God for the life of every male. Similarly, every female, they're just supposed to be married to a male. And there is a kind of relationship that only exists in marriage according to the biblical paradigm. There is a kind of relationship that only exists between a parent and child. These are wonderful and extremely important parts of the human experience God designed for us. Multiple partners, same-sex relationship, and other deviations from God's design will result in a life less than God's best. And again, I realize not many people agree with this. But, but you see, yes, you can have some types of love and some, some, some of the aspects of marriage in a same sex relationship, for example. But you would never experience every aspect of the true marriage relationship that God wants you to experience with a member of the opposite sex. The bearing of children being the most obvious example. But you will will never experience all that God planned, all of the true, wonderful blessings that God created when he created marriage. You will only experience those in a marriage after the biblical model. And again, maybe you disagree, but it's just the truth. You see, God's hatred of sin. God's hatred of that which goes against his directions is not just because of God's rules that he developed for his own reasons or because he had to think up a bunch of regulations. No, God hates sin because he alone can see all of the problems it causes in our lives. Remember, it's no different than if you have a child that you see making bad choices. Right? They may not see that they're wrong. They may not see, you know, my kids don't understand why every television show that their friends watch may not be the right thing. But I can see God alone can see that these sins, that these incorrect decisions can have a negative effect on our life. And he loves us so much that he doesn't want us to partake of those things. He hates sin because he knows sin will, it will get us off track for his perfect plans. It will cause us to miss out on some of the good that he has for us. The devil and the ungodly world systems, they're the ones pushing us to sin. And it's not because the devil likes us and wants us to have fun, or he knows that God is really hiding some good thing from us. No, the devil pushes sin because he hates us. He hates us. He wants to steal, kill, and destroy us, and sin is the best way for him to do that. Sin is the best way. He can get an open door into our lives and destroy us. But here's the reason I'm talking about it, right? We're trying to seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And first, I want you to understand Remember how much God loves you, how much God loves us more than we could ever understand. And now, as we seek his kingdom and his righteousness, and as we approach him, he's going to have directions for our lives. Many of them are included in the Bible, and many of them he'll start delivering to us directly as we grow closer to him. But what I'm encouraging you to do is to approach all of those directions the right way. Even if they don't sound fun or exactly what you want to do, or they may sound bizarre, you know, why, why can't I, you know, I don't know, get drunk or why can't I smoke a little weed, whatever, right? All of God's directions were created out of His parental type love for you. And they were created out of His wisdom to help us bring us into our best possible lives. When you understand this, You you will now embrace the directions of God. You will embrace the rules of God. You will embrace the lifestyle choices that he wants you to make. And it's easy to obey him when you perceive his directions correctly. You will want to obey. You will want to do what he tells you to do, not because you fear God's wrath or negative consequences, but because both you and God want what is best for you. And in those directions alone can God's best be found. It starts with the directions that are in the Bible. You got to walk in love. Uh, you know, don't be led astray by drinking too much alcohol. You know, don't. Uh, you know, we could go on and on, right? But but don't be an angry person. Don't have anger problems. You know, uh, develop the fruits of the spirit. Right. In these various directions for our life that God gives us, our best lives alone can be found. But if I approach them and I realize all those directions were born out of God's love and wisdom for me, now it's easy to embrace and it's easier to start really working to obey them. And then God obviously helps us with that, with the Holy Spirit anyway. But you see, let's talk, go back to talking about other people for a second. You see, not only do you want to help people get saved and come into this relationship with God so they we can avoid hell or so that they can avoid hell. Pretty much everybody understands that. We want to get people saved so they don't go to hell. But but soon you want to help people bring their lives in line with kingdom's principles so that they can experience all God wants for them. This is why Christians develop all sorts of different ministries. You know, some people are called to help with marriages, some people are help, called to help recovering addicts. You know, I was with a friend of mine today who has an awesome ministry, and and so you know sometimes a person can't have their kids. Their kids have to be in foster care because they don't even have any furniture, clothes, and and you know the government won't let you get your kids sometimes if you're you know in that kind of deep poverty. So he collects furniture from people that don't need it anymore, and he gives furniture to all these people to help them reestablish their lives and their homes. Anyway, it's amazing. It's wonderful. And, you know, that's another example. God calls us all to help in different ways, and that is a big part of seeking and expanding the kingdom. So while we want to get saved and avoid hell, now we want to help people get the get their lives in line with the kingdom of God in every area and just for example you know I was with him and we did a delivery and and you know not only does he give them furniture he gives them a bible he gives them a devotional gives them a devotional for their kids right I mean it is wonderful and so we can help people get their lives in line with the kingdom in every way and we all have different areas. We're all called to be a witness for Jesus and for the kingdom of God. But we can really help people experience this kingdom and, and, and experience God's best for them in a number of different ways. So, so you know, I know we've kind of cast a broad net here and we've talked about another thing. But let's just talk, you know, what are some of the amazing things we're discovering? If I begin living for the kingdom of God, truly seeking God's kingdom in every area of my life, I'll begin living my best possible life. Remember, God's directions are designed to help us live our best possible life. Now, an easy example, forget the rules about marriage, but let's just talk about the ones probably everybody would agree on. You know, when God tells me to be sacrificial in my love for my wife, when my God, when God tells me to be submissive, And deferential and and gentle with my wife. Those things, those directions are not meant to put me down or suppress me. They're meant to help me draw closer to my wife's heart so that I can have a wonderful marriage. And when you have a, a good marriage, that's a big part of having a good life. And I can experience all that God intended me to experience in this wonderful thing he created, which is called marriage. Look, I totally get it. I mean, every marriage is tough and has difficulties and things like that. But but my point is, if I will allow God's directions to influence the way I treat my wife, that's going to lead to the best possible marriage. And it's really true for every area of your life. So as I seek the kingdom and I start listening to God's direction in my life, I'll begin living in my best possible life. Furthermore, as I start working with God to expand the kingdom, I will begin helping other people do the same. And my friends, there is nothing like helping someone else experience more of the, of the kingdom of God. The simple truth is that most humans have never experienced the joy I'm describing here. When you help a person get saved and, to come, and come into a relationship with Jesus, or when you help a person get their finances on track through biblical principles, when you help a couple improve their marriage, through a Bible study together or something like that. When you help expand the kingdom into the lives of others, there's nothing that compares. It It is one of the most wonderful experiences to know that you are working with the creator of the universe, that you are literally working with God out of his love for other people. You are literally joining with the love of God to show God's love to some of his people. To some of his children because of the good things that he wants for their lives I, I don't know if there is a better experience in the universe than all of that because of what it does for you because of the peace and the joy and the fulfillment that that kind of activity brings I mean it's just it's absolutely wonderful and and I, I I'm you know I'm frankly jealous of people that you know they work for a church all the time or they're a pastor full-time and whatever you know I have a day job and all of that but you know Getting working with God to expand the kingdom of God into the lives of others, which is a huge part of seeking the kingdom, is one of the most wonderful parts of existence. And I pray that all of you would get plugged in one way or another and begin experiencing that. You know, and I remember one of the ways I first started serving in the kingdom was, you know, just the just the uh, check-in counter at the kids' ministry at my church. And, you you know, maybe it was a small thing, not a lot of opportunity for real, you know, deep ministry there. That's not what you're doing. You're checking kids into children's church. But, man, it was still wonderful. And to help the new families, to help the families who have a child that don't want to go and comfort them and show them how fun it could be. And now the parents can go and have a great service and their kids are in an environment where they're going to learn about Jesus as a child should. That's uh, a wonderful thing. And that's just a small example. It doesn't have to be big. doesn't have to be complicated. There are many ways where you can start right now seeking to expand the kingdom of God. And truly, I'm not even bringing to you everything we could say. First Corinthians chapter two and Ephesians two, verse 10, talk about the plans God has for our lives and the things God has prepared for us and God has freely given us living in the kingdom is about your best possible life and your best possible relationship with God. But it's also not just about, you know, what we might consider spiritual activities, church, Bible, so on and so forth. God wants to help you in every area of your life. He wants to help you pick your spouse, your job, your home, church, everything. And this is not because God wants to control you. It's because God knows everything about you. God has a wonderful plan for your life and God knows those things which are perfect for you. And and this may be another topic, really. But but in your own self or by yourself, you can only do so much in this life. And God wants you to have all that you can obtain and more. God wants to supernaturally help you to obtain all that this this world has for you. The best that it has for you uniquely, individually, you. You see, God alone knows that, that the right place for you, the right church for you, the right job for you that can literally touch every aspect of who you are, who you were created to be. You see, this is why when I tell you everything you could ever want is available in God and only God, it's because only God knows every single thing about you and can minister to you these things that will truly touch all of who you are. You see, when Furthermore, and I was saying a second ago it's not just spiritual stuff, but when you really start seeking the kingdom in a way, everything becomes spiritual right and I'll just give you an example you know I'm a real estate lawyer and I assist people with with relatively sophisticated real estate transactions I can't tell you for the number of times I've prayed for a deal to close smoothly for favor with other lawyers for some random goofball situation to work out you know my primary clients are, are not Christians. And, um, you know, they know they know I am. Obviously, they know I'm a fanatic, of course, but, you know, we, we work well together. And and so they may not ever really know the true impact that God has had on our working together. But over hundreds and hundreds of successful situations and transactions, you know, God has truly had an amazing impact uh, on our work together and on, on the work that I do as a lawyer And that's just an example. You know, we should be living in the supernatural in every area of our lives. You're literally seeing the hand of God, the influence of God's kingdom on our homes, our families, our jobs, our bodies, every area. Why? Again, it's not about control. It's not about conformity. It's about love. His love for us, even the very hairs of your head are all numbered in the same way. Every every even the very situations of your life are all seen by God, understood by God, and he wants to help you in all of them. You can go through life seeing blessings, grace, favor, and the miraculous in every area. In every area, you can live with God to see his best. Now, this is a new kind of life, truly a wonderful and adventurous life that God has for us. You know, truly the life that you were meant to have was supposed to be an adventure every day. It was never supposed to be routine and boring. It was never supposed to be about just going through the motions or getting to the weekend or getting to the summer or whatever. Life was supposed to daily be adventurous, exciting, changing, daring, passionate, fun, and all these other wonderful ideas. That kind of life is truly only available When you're living for the kingdom. Look, I appreciate that there might be very rich people out there doing all sorts of fun looking things. But it's only when you can marry your daily life with the plan of God, the plan of your creator for you, that you can truly have this amazing, unique life that just ministers to you and excites you every single day. This kind of life is available when you are seeking God and his kingdom every day. But again, we can't leave out his righteousness. Remember, Jesus said, seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness. That's the, that's the King James Version. New Living says, seek the kingdom and live righteously. We must seek righteousness. Look, another way of saying righteousness, because that's kind of a churchy word, is, is is God's way of being and doing right. God is righteous or perfect and Holy and good in every way. Now look, here's the first good news. When we accept Jesus, we literally become partakers of God's righteousness that instant. This is 2 Corinthians 5.21. And that's a wonderful reality. It's a very important part of our relationship with God and our access to him. And the reason we have the Holy Spirit now inside of us. However, this reality of righteousness that we obtain in an instant, the instant we accept Jesus, it doesn't negate our obligation to continue seeking God's righteousness. But just like seeking the kingdom, seeking God's righteousness is a wonderful, fun thing to do. It's not meant to be some sort of burdensome obligation. You know, remember, many of us were taught as children that we were you know, so far from God. And then God was whole, holy and so perfect. And, you know, we're just, you know, terrible sinners. And, you know, maybe in a way those things can be helpful, right? The Bible kind of talks about, you know, we have to give law to the proud. We have to show people, especially people that don't understand that, that you know, you have sin in your life and you need a savior. That's all there is to it. We have to show people that. But But once then that child is saved or even that person, we have to then emphasize the opposite, right? You're no longer a sinner. God is with you. God is for you. God loves you more than you can fathom. God has a great plan for your life. God lives inside you now. God will always be with you. He wants to spend time with you. you know, Lots of time. He wants to be ever present with you. See, these are the child's truths now that he has saved, that he's become a child of the kingdom of God. And we don't even really need to think about the way things used to be other than, you know, thank you, God. Thank you for saving me. Thank you that I'm not there where I was anymore. Teaching a person to become like God or seek righteousness should not be taught like it's an unobtainable objective, you know, or, you know, you're guaranteed to keep failing and get nowhere. No, it's true. We may never be perfect, right? But we can do really well. I mean, we can learn the directions of God and we can follow the leading and the guidance of the Holy Spirit and we can have you know renovated thinking so that we can truly begin living the way God wants us to live a lot of the time you know first of all we were created to be just like God that's Genesis chapter one and yes it's it's true we did lose a lot of that because of the sin in our lives but we get it back big time through Jesus Christ and God's righteousness at least as a starting point would be the highest and most perfect examples of all of the fruits of the Spirit. So remember, we're trying to seek his righteousness. Yes, we get it when we accept Jesus, but I still need to pursue it. I still need to pursue it, not as just some spiritual thing, but I need to pursue his righteousness in my daily life. And why? Let's take it back to what we're talking about. Why? Because seeking God's way of being and doing right is another major key into my best possible life. God is loving, joyful, peaceful, patient, kind, good, gentle. Remember, all the fruits of the Spirit. God is the perfect expression of these. It's also justice, fairness, equality, unity. God is all of these. These are all hallmarks of the kingdom of God. And through our relationship with the Holy Spirit, we can begin exhibiting these attributes in our lives ...on a profound and consistent basis. See my last post about how to become spiritual... ...and how to really develop your relationship with the Holy Spirit. We can really begin seeing God's righteousness in our daily lives. Furthermore, this is fascinating. As you grow this way, you become more and more like God... ...but you are also becoming the best possible version of yourself. The great Christian author C.S. Lewis talked about this phenomenon... While it's true, all of us individually are working to become like the same God. We are, in fact, simultaneously becoming more and more unique and perfect versions of ourselves. We were created to be loving, gentle, kind, peaceful, etc. And as we develop those, we are also becoming the person that God created us to be, without the taint of sin. You see, I was born a certain way with certain genetic keys, certain attributes, so to speak. But then I began to grow up in the sinful world and I learned about anger and I learned about, you know, hate and stealing and, you know, the wrong things. And that began to impact me and influence me. But now I'm brought out of the dominion of darkness. I'm saved by grace and I have God living with me. And now I can go a new path. And so now, as I change the way I think, I develop my relationship with God, I begin growing in his areas of righteousness, I'm getting back to the person that God truly created me to be without the effects of the dominion of darkness on my life. Look, maybe that sounds complicated. Maybe it sounds a little crazy, but it's very important. You see, when you, the more you work to seek the kingdom and righteousness of God, the more you are actually becoming the person God created you to be. That's a wonderful reality. Seeking the kingdom in every area of your life will bring you to the best possible expression of every area of your life. Seeking God's righteousness will bring you into the best possible expression of you, the person you were created to be, individually, uniquely, wonderfully you, Both of these endeavors will bring you closer and closer to the most loving and perfect God that you could ever imagine. God is your champion, your father, your biggest fan. You know, some people get mad when Christians talk about God that way, that he's just some kind of cheerleader. But, but, you know, and, and I agree, that's not accurate. He's just Far more than that. There is no perfect example of a human relationship that could really depict the relationship with God that he wants us to have. He wants us to be a a perfect father, a coach, a king, a financial advisor, a doctor, a best friend, a war general as he leads us in our fight against the kingdom of darkness, are everything. He wants to be all of those for us. And the more you get to know him, the more you will want him to be all of those in your life furthermore as you seek god and as you seek his kingdom and as you seek his righteousness amazingly you're simultaneously seeking all of them when you start seeking god's kingdom you'll realize that prayer and your relationship with him are a big part of that process, right? How do I correctly seek your kingdom, God? I need to pray. I need to listen to you. I need to hear you. Where am I supposed to serve? Who am I supposed to witness to? And you see, as I'm seeking the kingdom, I'm now seeking God. And then as I'm, as I'm seeking God and as I'm seeking the kingdom, I'm also going to be seeking his righteousness. God, how, how do I help these people? Right. How can I show your love to the world? And in that process, God helps you to become a more loving person, a more caring person, a more gentle person, a more wise person. Right. We grow into all of these attributes so that we can do more and more for the kingdom of God. As you pursue God, as you develop into the person he created you to be, so you can have your greatest impact. You're also seeking his righteousness. You see, to have your greatest impact, you have to let God mold you into the highest expression of yourself. The version that walks with God and is growing in the fruits of the spirit. And all these wonderful attributes. You see, seeking the righteousness is a major way that we seek the kingdom, both in your life and in the lives of others. A truly wonderful, amazing, adventurous life is available to you. It doesn't matter who you are or what you've done. It's still true. Seeking the kingdom of God and his righteousness is the secret of life. It's the secret to having your needs met, as Jesus clearly said, but it's so much more. It's the secret to having everything you could ever want, everything you could ever need. It is the secret to the best possible life for you. You see, even if I came and handed you a billion dollars, I couldn't give you your best possible life. He said, oh, "I don't know. I can do a lot with a billion. Sure, you could have a lot of fun and you could do nice things, but only God knows the the way that your unique person, you uniquely you, is supposed to you interact with the universe and expand the kingdom of God. You can only find the person you were truly created to be and the impact you were supposed to have." on the world, in God. Your relationship with God is the way to peace and fulfillment in every sense of the words. Only in God can you truly find your place. And when you find your place, your purpose, your experience, you will experience a joy greater than you have ever known, an unmatched joy that nothing else can provide. Personally, personally, I know my primary job in life is to help other people in their relationship with God. I'm not sure all the ways I'm supposed to do that. I'm looking, I'm praying, I'm seeking the kingdom. How can I expand the kingdom? I'm seeking God. God, how can I be more like you, more righteous like you? I want to have my impact because I know that in my place for God, this place that God has for me in the world, that's where I'll find peace. That's where I'll find fulfillment. And I know it's nowhere else. It can only be found as I seek the kingdom and his righteousness. You know, he's so wonderful. He's so amazing. I wish I could find better words to express that reality. But truthfully, there are no words that could do him justice. You just have to experience him for yourself. You know, I make mistakes all the time. I miss it all the time, but still he's there. I still feel his love and encouragement to get up and keep going, to try again doesn't matter what happened yesterday. Seek the kingdom today. Seek my righteousness today, Byron, because in that is your best life, is your best day every day. I know the adventure and the plans for me that he has for me are still available, even though I've messed up a thousand times. The more you know him, the closer you get to him, the more you will feel the same way. I pray you do better than I've done. I pray that you start seeking seeking God's kingdom and his righteousness today. For I know that there you will find your greatest possible experience. You'll find all you could ever want. And you'll experience all of him that a human can this side of eternity. And there is no greater level of existence. Jeremiah twenty nine eleven says, For I know the plans I have, the, have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future seeking the kingdom of God and his righteousness is the secret. It's the secret to becoming all that you are created to be and experiencing all that God wants you to experience, the wonderful things he has for you to experience. God bless you. I love you. Thank you for your time. We'll see you next time.